Welcome to yet another episode of Bobo, Mango and Donovan's Void. We're here in the forest to have a unforest-like conversation today mm. about artificial intelligence. Mm. Now that ChatGPT is on our radar, it's in our homes, it's, it's everywhere, um, there's been a lot of conversation online about AI mm. and where that's taking us as a society. I'm particularly interested in having this conversation because of a philosophical debate that we had the other night. Yeah. That was really fascinating, actually, mm -hmm. um, because you had asked me a very interesting question, mm -hmm. which is, um, do you have any concerns about how AI will affect your sense of self? Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a fascinating question, mm -hmm. and I thought about it, mm -hmm. and I've been thinking about it, actually, for the past few days. And I was like, no, not really. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like for me as an app, but this is a very cultural conversation, yeah, which is what makes it interesting. Yeah. As an African, not much changes for me. Mm. But as an American, <laughs> I think a lot changes for you. Yeah. And that's what we're really here to discuss. Mm -hmm. What will change for us on a really deeply existential level, but also on a day-to-day -day basic level. Yeah because of the rise of AI. Mm -hmm. So we want to talk about the effect of AI on our careers, mm -hmm. on our perception of self, mm -hmm. on our self-worth and how we value ourselves, mm -hmm. um, but also on the world at large and like how will the world look like mm. um, when there's another species, essentially. Mm -hmm. So let's start with the phenomena of irrelevance. Currently, the dilemma of capitalism is mm. exploitation, mm -hmm. which is to say that what makes capitalism so deeply unethical and insufferable is the fact that the premise of it is exploitation. Mm -hmm. You're either a worker or an owner, and if you're a worker, your labor and your time your surplus labor is being exploited for, for, for profit. Mm -hmm. Your time is being exploited for profit. Your body is being exploited for profit. Mm -hmm. your, your, your personhood is being exploited for, for profit. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to AI, when we now don't need to exploit you for profit, mm -hmm. and we can use robots mm -hmm. or just artificial intelligence mm -hmm. for profit, mm -hmm. now the dilemma becomes irrelevant because now we don't need you anymore. Right. And that's a whole other mm. problem. That's a whole other existential problem. Mm. And what is your take on, on the rise of AI as far as our careers are concerned? You know, I think that there are a bunch of emerging trends right now that we have to deal with without having really dealt with any of the previous ones. Like, we're still having conversations about social media, right? Mm. That was 20 years ago. Yeah. We're still living we in We haven't the... even processed that. <laughs> right. Yet. We're still living in the fallout that algorithms neurochemically understanding us better than we understand ourselves mm. has had on our life. Yeah. And the reason why this AI revolution is so terrifying is one, because we haven't even wrapped our heads around that one. Yeah. But because they all converge, right? Things don't happen separately. They kind of happen all at once and interplay off of each other. Mm. And um, what's really scary about AI, which is also what was really scary about social media, yeah. is it seems as if we've discovered the equation for hacking a human being. Mm. Um, and this is something Harari talks about a lot, where the equation 
is kind of biometric information, information about human biology, how our bodies work, mm. um, emotional information, information about individuals, their preferences, their childhood traumas, mm. their sexual preferences. Taking that information and then multiplying it by computing power, which has surpassed the human computational ability for now decades. Mm. And that is the equation for a hacked human. So if I know a lot about you, mm. I know what's in your body, I know all of your hormones, everything about your makeup, and then I know a lot about you on a personal level. I know mm. about your childhood, I know about uh, Scott Malcolmson that you dated in ninth grade and how yeah. he broke your heart. And then I multiply that at the speed that something like ChatGBT can process things, mm. and I can hack you. And I don't even want to have a conversation about AI as much as I want to have the reciprocal conversation of like, what does it mean to be human? Mm. Because I think the reason why our natural responses were so different, me being American and you being African, mm. is that to be American or just to be Western is to really dictate your own value to yourself by your value in the labor market, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, the process of becoming disenfranchised in the workplace in the West literally always leads you to being depressed because mm -hmm. you no longer have meaning. Yeah. Because under capitalism, meaning does come from what you do, not yeah. necessarily who you are. So as what we do becomes increasingly irrelevant, mm. to me and for other people raised in the sick, sadistic society that I was born in, yeah. that leads to sort of a mental collapse. And mm. I'm feeling that a little bit now. Like when I type something into ChatGPT and it answers it so much better and faster than mm. I ever could, yeah. that leads me to starting to question some of the things that I thought about what it meant to be uniquely human. Mm, like what? Yeah. Well, it's sort of how I feel about God, where it's like if your definition of what it means to be uniquely human mm. is or are things that other beings can't do, yeah. the definition of what it means to be human is getting smaller and smaller by the day. So mm. if our previous distinction between robot and human was, okay, robots might be able to process information faster and better than us, mm. but they can't make a uniquely poignant emotionally potent argument well now that's not true so mm. if dealing with emotion or dealing with reason or dealing with philosophy yeah. was something that you had ascribed to just humanity mm. well that's not the case anymore right so my fear is that if our definition of what it means to be human is just things that robots can't do mm. as every day passes because this is a compounding factor these, right. are, these are training algorithms they get better by the second mm. our definition of what it means to be human will get smaller and smaller every day mm. until it doesn't really mean anything anymore to be uniquely human mm. you know so as much as this is a time to have like a conversation about ai i also think it's a time to have a conversation about what it means to be uniquely human mm. because there's not really much left that the robots can't do right so now what is our purpose you know mm. what are your thoughts well I, I have a few more questions for you because you use the word uniquely human yeah does the definition of being human inherently have to do with an idiosyncrasy so does the definition of being human have to do with being unique mm. inherently? 
Well, I think maybe that's where I have it wrong because I do think that's what gets a lot of humans out of bed in the day. You know, feeling mm. like you have domain over animals, feeling like you feel better than nature. The mm. idea that like we are these uniquely competent chimps where we're the only ones that can deep, think deeply about the planet and spirituality yeah. in ourselves. And that's just becoming less and less true every day. Mm. So as far as when I say uniquely human, I think I just mean what is our purpose on this planet? Yeah. You get what I mean? Yeah. What is the, what is it that makes us special? And maybe that's me just trying to justify all the pillaging and shit yeah. that we've ruined. Yeah. Because if we've ruined this much, it should be for something. Mm. And maybe a lot of the sort of fear people have is as AI gets better and better, it becomes increasingly clear that it was all for nothing. Mm. Because, you know, the amount of damage that we've done to the planet should sort of come with this receipt. It should come yeah. with this thing to say, like, here's what it was all for. Mm. And you look at the classics, you know, you look at all the great art we've produced, you look at religion, you look at all these things. And we should be able to say, like, okay, here is why we deserve this position mm. at the top of society. Yeah. And I think now, as AI gets better and better, I'm less able to convince myself mm. that we've earned our position here. So what I mean when I say uniquely human, I think what I'm actually saying is a earned position at the top of the hierarchy. Oh, maybe, you know what? I think our differences in perceiving the consequences of AI mm -hmm. might actually be from our differences in perceiving humanity and its purpose here. Yeah. I've actually never perceived humans to be unique, special, or even good. Right. I've actually always perceived us to be the worst species, um, the ones that are actually at the bottom. Mm. Um, and maybe this is like what led me to veganism, mm. but I'm actually now just realizing this now. I don't think humans are special, unique, important, or good. Well, you're gonna have a great time in the next 10 years. <laughs> no, like I just think, and, and maybe this is why none of this worries me, because um, A, I think that the purpose of humanity mm -hmm. is to, if there was ever a divine purpose or like why we are here, mm -hmm. I think our only purpose was to be earth plumbers, mm -hmm. which is, this is the basis of my religion, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, I'm starting a religion, by the way. So I believe the purpose of humanity is to be earth plumbers. Mm -hmm. We are here to maintain and take care of the earth. We're just the earth's repairmen. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have a prefrontal cortex mm -hmm. for, for reasoning and critical thinking and planning and, and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And our only purpose was to look after the planet, mm -hmm. make sure she's good, mm -hmm. her and all of her inhabitants, including other humans, mm -hmm. um, and make sure that when something goes wrong, we can troubleshoot, we can repair. And to and the reason we have these flesh prisons, these like little these little flesh suits mm -hmm. is so that we can like we have little fingers and we have little feet mm -hmm. and our little legs. So that we can like run up a mountain if we need to and and like if there's a fire somewhere we can take or we can create a fire because sometimes you need to do that. Mm -hmm. Or when there's too much of one animal, we take care of that, or when there's too little of one. Like, I, I literally just think, like, we're just here to do that. Mm -hmm. The reason our lives all suck is because we're doing the opposite of that mm -hmm. and killing ourselves in, in, in the process. Mm -hmm. So, clearly, 
something went wrong along the way mm -hmm. um, that brought us to this point. Right. And by something being wrong, I think people are going to call me an eco-fascist for this, but go forth. Maybe I am an eco-fascist. I think humanity grew in the way that cancer cells grew, mm -hmm. where we developed this ideology, which is an ideology of capitalism, which is like growth for growth's sake. Mm -hmm. Which is the same ideology that cancer cells have. It's mm. just, let's just grow just for the sake just of growing. Sake, let's just yeah. do that. Right. And I think one person decided to have that ideology mm -hmm. and then infected the rest of us with that. And now it's just, we're just a cancer. Yes. Now, now you've just grown for growth's sake and we're doing growth for growth's sake. Mm -hmm. And now the ozone layer is depleted. You know, like, I don't think we were ever the most important. I don't think any species was more important than any, any other. Mm -hmm. I just think everyone is supposed to play their role frogs play their role ants play their role bees play their role humans play their role and when you're not playing your role you just are the worst employee right. in the business i get what you mean so yeah. we are the worst employees mm -hmm. in the business of earth yeah and that makes us at the bottom right and the only way we could justify having dominion over other animals mm -hmm. is if we were doing our job the best which right. is taking care of the planet right. the best and we're not, and we're not doing that so to feel threatened by another species having more value than us mm -hmm. feels absurd to me because we already have no value currently. <laughs> so it, it feels as if we are feeling threatened yeah. about something we already don't have, <laughs> right. which is value. And I don't mean that inherently. I think we the value of being a human being yeah. is having a prefrontal cortex. Like mm -hmm. the neocortex is a crazy thing. Mm -hmm. And... And I'm reading this book called The Brain, and it, it describes what the prefrontal cortex is for, which is something very unique that humans have. Mm -hmm. And it's actually for emergencies. It's, mm. it's, a, it's a thing that is supposed to kick in when an emergency happens so that you can act accordingly and act quickly. Mm -hmm. But it's not a thing that we're supposed to be using every second of every day. To mm -hmm. da like, we're supposed to just be like, mostly on autopilot and then the prefrontal cortex kicks in when something is wrong mm -hmm. and the fact that we're using it every single every second of every day and right. we're depleting it of its battery mm -hmm. and, and of its power also shows how little we know about our function right. and our value on this planet right. so a i think we don't have any value currently mm -hmm. B, I think we are at the bottom of the food chain of all the species. Mm. And that doesn't mean like I think like we deserve to die, but it's just what it is. We're the worst employees mm -hmm. of the, on the planet of Earth. Mm -hmm. And third, I think like we cannot be surprised when you're a shitty employee and another one comes along and is better than you. Mm -hmm. I feel like even dogs are better than us. Like yeah. ants are doing a better job right. of earthing than we are. Right. So how can we be threatened or surprised? We're doing a shitty job. Right. And I think we, I also just think that like we are jumping the gun with yeah. AI. We should actually just stop really? until we figure out. Yeah. I think what troubles me and has me sort of in my bag spiraling is mm. that I, for the first time, agree that humans should be fired. We're just not pulling our weight. It's we like are. It's like that yeah. time in the movie where you look at the guy longingly because you know you have to kill him because mm. he's just a bad earner. Yeah. He's more trouble than he's worth. When humans lost our claim, you mm. know, to this planet is when we 
realized and when it became evidently clear that we don't have the ability to process hyper objects mm. and climate change is a hyper object yeah. and what i mean by that is what, it's, explain what a hyper object is it's not an event and it's not a thing mm. it's not a place it is actually something that is occurring in every place over huge swaths of time mm. right so climate change is not weather it's not a storm it's yeah. not it is a consistent trend happening across the entire planet mm. affecting billions of people's life in an interlocking intersectional way yeah. and that is something that our computer and our stupid little chimp brains yeah. cannot process mm. and that's why we're failing mm. it's why like we're just the guy showing up to the office who smells like heineken yes high is all loose yeah and it's like and you know we go to the boss's office and he's like tim you got one more of these yeah that's yeah. where humanity's at yeah and i think what's making me spiral is i look at these new ai advances and says all right well they got it they're mm. better they're better at processing hyper objects mm. like for example ai has been better than humans at chess since about like 97 now that's not new really but recent they've yeah they've been wiped the floor with humans because they I can process no more moves humans can only process like what 70 moves in our heads at once ai can process 70 million mm. so by having more options and being able to play out more scenarios because you have more computing power mm. you have more servers you're always going to be better so they can think about more options and therefore make better decisions, right? Mm. But recently there was an AI that actually beat a human at chess and one of the best humans at chess in the world the first time it ever played chess. Wow. So we're just inadequate. We're falling short in every single level. Mm. And the earth is now actually on the line. And this processing speed of this AI that we're about to usher into our society is the only thing that can really wrap its head around it. Because us as humans, we're still viewing weather as climate. Mm. You have like congressmen showing up with like a snowball going like, look, how can climate change be really a yeah. snowball? So it's like we don't have the ability to process a hyper object. Mm. Racism, that's another hyper object, right? Mm. Is racism one thing? Mm. Is it one event? We were talking to someone the other day who was like, South Africa's not racist anymore. They have a black government. That shows humanity's inability to mm. process a hyper object. Mm. Racism is not one thing. It wasn't one piece of legislation yeah. that ended in 1994. It is a bunch of intersectional variables that are insanely diverse, that are all happening at the same time yeah. everywhere. Constantly. Our chimp brains can't process it. Mm. But you said something about autopilot that I found really interesting because I think that autopilot is going to become an increasing part of our life in the AI revolution. Mm. Think about humanity's relationship with the GPS mm. over the past 30 years. When GPSs were first introduced, mind you, I have a Jamaican father that was a taxi driver in Jamaica, and yeah. the idea of a machine telling him where to go yeah. was like, what type of foolishness is this? Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I remember when he first got his GPS, it was a little TomTom -tom GPS, Yeah. and we were driving to church, and he made a right when the GPS said he should have made a left, mm. but the GPS was factoring traffic data. So although my dad knew the right way to go, mm. um, he was wrong in that instance because the computer had more data. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that was the last time he ever 
didn't listen to the GPS mm. because he just figured, all right, well, I did it my way. I and used I my wrong. human brain yeah. and look at where it got me, yeah. right? And humans adjust to these things extremely quickly. Mm. And there was research done about the decreased effectivity of our spatial intelligence yeah. post-GPS because our brain is very simply like use it or lose it. Mm. So now that none of us are using the spatial intelligence parts of our brain, they're actually just kind of withering away mm. because we don't need to anymore. There was this incident in Australia where there was a mistake in their Google map and people kept driving into the ocean because their GPS told them to. Wow. Because we just blindly listen to these things at this mm. point. So GPS isn't that complicated. Now AI is capable of processing insane things. Mm. So what if people listened to an AI about their relationships the way that they listen to it about spatial intelligence, right? About GPS. Yeah. And let's say your AI tells you to break up with your boyfriend yeah. and you don't, and then he cheats on you again. Mm. Aren't you just going to have blind allegiance to that AI yeah. for the rest of your life? Yeah, yeah. And if the definition of being human is almost like having free will, which is, I think, it, it's stupid, but it's like a big part of it for yeah. a lot of people, yeah. it, it's going to be increasingly difficult to convince ourselves that we have free will mm. when we literally just listen to our little AI assistants all day. <laughs> yeah, when yeah. it comes to what we eat, what we do, who we fuck, where we go. Mm. And you see the speed at which humans adapt to these things. Mm. It only takes one turn in which you made the worse decision than the AI yeah. for you to completely never listen to your gut again. Mm. And I think the reason why that scares me is when I think about what it means to be uniquely human, I do sort of think of these like gut feelings, mm. these like spiritual feelings. Feelings, these things that I can't explain mm. and as those become more liabilities than like uniquely important or valuable things in our society mm. I think we will sort of evolutionarily erode any prior definition mm. about what it meant to be human and I think that we may need a new definition and we certainly need to prioritize other things like for example if we do really offload all labor to AI. Yeah. What do you think that humans should do? Thank you for listening to the first half of this conversation. If you're interested in listening to the rest of this conversation, you will find it on Patreon. So please support my Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Bobo's Void, or you can just click on the link in the description box below. If you enjoyed this conversation, I'll be having so many more of these types of conversation with different friends, with different strangers, with all types of interesting people, and sometimes just conversing with myself. If you are interested in philosophy, politics, race, all the things, I'll be hosting all the conversations on my Patreon. So patreon.com slash bobo's void or just click on the description box below and support me thank you